0: Anime Pulse, Episode 563 Another episode of Van My Pulse. This week we are both drinking. Whoop whoop! Yes, I am enjoying some more plum wine, which uh, is uh, doing fantastic right now. I almost went and got a second uh, full refill on my glass while oh. Zeld- while uh, while uh, Andrew was off uh, taking his uh, pre-show pee.
1: Betty, am I there? But yeah, yeah, that's true. It's good that you managed to find a healthier alternative, which was looking up images.
0: Yep, I was uh, trying to find images for our front page post for this week's episode, and I found some, so...
1: Huzzah. Mm, Something tasty, look forward to seeing that.
0: Indeed. Uh, I guess without uh, too much delay, we should probably just jump into our uh, IRL news. Indeed. and uh so fire emblem
1: fire emblem hey by the way I didn't mention this the previous week but i should have because i did say we we're gonna follow up but the girl that you backed won so yeah for one yes thing, she did for
0: one. so uh guntra won I, it was a very close race very close race at the end there
1: this is just really surprising and surreal that this is actually happening considering like if you think about it she had everything against her in terms of winning this. Like, Robin and Ike are both, like, super popular characters. And while Alphonse is, like, also a character from the app game itself, he's been in there a lot longer and has had a lot more dialogue and development. Gunfra has had, like, a few scenes before she, um... Something happens and she's no longer in the story. <laughs> Spoilers, perhaps? I don't know. But she's not going to be in any more scenes for the foreseeable future in Fire Emblem. Yeah. Videos, so she you know. did. It can't canonically, yeah. she's dead, which I was like, Yeah, canonically, what? yeah. So, I'm su- so, so I'm surprised she won. Maybe a lot of people felt bad because she died or something. I don't know,
0: or maybe um, people just wanted a girl to win and they weren't like, Ugh, giant man with giant shoulders winning. No, thanks.
1: As long as it's, if, especially if it's not Rise, Rise is the only best man in the game. I hope he gets a, a summer version. By the way, speaking of which, um. I'm going to tell you this right now. You may want to save your orbs right now. Uh-huh. Um, even though there may be a few banners out there that you're interested in. Just just play the wait and see approach thing because on the 21st of June, there will be a new banner coming out, right? And they'll probably release a trailer just before that. But it's very likely, if they're following in tradition from last year, that it's going to be the beach characters for this year.
0: Oh, you think they're going I That's don't summer. think they'll have another Tharja. I don't think they'll have a Tharja. No.
1: no beach Tharja? Not. I hope it's the if if they did I hope it's the version that has like the heavy like Eskimo coat on because it'll be like the opposite where it's like she yeah, dressed up like as
0: May from Overwatch or something and it's just like yeah well I'm <laughs> mean... I normal yet <laughs> so uh, uh, no, speaking no. of which uh
1: mm-hmm. I got my wedding Tharsha. Oh, congrats! Woo! I actually have a party popper prepared for later, but not right now. Um, I would I'd burst if I wasn't at the moment just yet. But congratulations! Whoop! So yeah, you it, got her, I got it.
0: Nice. So goddamn lucky. Um, so mm. basically, uh, my last twenty orb draw at work, I got it, and there were like two red orbs, and mm. the other ones were like blue and green and a colorless. I was going right. through them all. The very last orb I opened was the last red one. I was like, I
1: love it gonna, when that happens. Not going to get it.
0: And then I wasn't even paying attention. I was just like, boom. And I was just like, ah, da, 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 da. and then I looked again. and I was like, oh, do you believe in magic?
1: <laughs> nice. And she popped um, out and
0: she's like, hello, husbando," And I'm like, hello, waifu. Hmm.
1: One thing that might be a bit awkward I suppose is how both Christmas one and I think this one also just talk about Robin so not specifically you but. Well I mean
0: you play Robin and I plus so. like yeah. your Robin can look like you. The default Robin is that white haired dude yeah. but like my all my Robins never looked like him and she was always in love with all those Robins so as long as you're Robin she'll suck
1: your dick. And in- so many words. Very bluntly speaking, yes, I suppose that is the case. Um, what is after? The of course, of she this? curses
0: it, but you know,
1: mm-hmm. for um, functional purposes. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's the fate to be of this one? Are you gonna? You're not gonna feed this one to your Christmas one? No, 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 no. I'm one, right?
0: planning on making my Tharja waifu uh, team. So that's a team of just Tharjas. Just Tharjas. So so far I have three. I need one more. Uh <laughs> no all red mages
1: <laughs> yeah actually she's only maybe like red the next starship
0: comes up is going to be like a like a healer. spear a blue spear <laughs> or something like that and it's like what
1: <laughs> it would be a complete contrast if they made that healer because it's like the absolute opposite of what she does
0: oh yeah like maybe she's like a white mage kind of character like wearing all yeah, white yeah, 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 and yeah. And like she's not is even he, like the normal yeah. girl Tharja; is. she's just very much like, you know, like, like pretty girl Sasami Tharja.
1: Pretty girl Sasami.
0: Yeah, like a magical girl. I
1: don't oh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I get that. They've mm-hmm. never really done anything like a magical girl sort of thing with Fire Emblem. They've kept it. They've kept it very much old fashioned. I, I guess the closest they've come to is like the superhero look for Arthur and Fates. Ugh. I guess. What, what? Yeah. <laughs> is it just Fates or Arthur? No, what, just what? Arthur. God, just Arthur. Oh, you don't ugh. like his image?
0: I don't like Arthur at all. No. One of my least favorite characters from any Fire Emblem I've ever played. Honestly, Give me back Gregory. Arthur.
1: Gregory was yeah he has he has some charm to him. I like Gregory. <sighs> yes.
0: Just liked his, like his like nice. size and like.
1: <sighs> <laughs> yeah. And I liked his accent too. I gave him a very—he has a very Russian accent, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, but I believe, uh, what was it? So, just to clarify, though, Kresma Stars are still your favorite one.
0: Indeed, or- she is very much still my favorite. Not just because she throws all her, or throws, she shows all that skin, or because she has like that that attitude, but like, if you look at her images. When she gets down to, like, that, like, you know, the low health image, she looks like uh-huh. she's ready to, like, shove that candelabra up your ass. Um, but right. with this one and the other Tharja, when you get them down to the low image, uh, health image uh, picture, it just looks like they're, like, you know, worried. And Tharja wouldn't be worried. She'd just be like, I'm going to fucking sodomize you with this candlestick if you fucking touch me again.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's
0: yeah. the Tharsha I would know. Like, that I'm going to sense. curse you to make a dick fall off, and then I'm going to take that and shove it in <laughs> your ass.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: but, uh... So yeah, the wedding is just nice, and I'm very glad I've gotten her. Thank you, mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Gods. You have heard my pleas and granted me another Tharja.
1: Yep, it made the whole, like... That, that blue period, the Dark Ages of when you weren't getting Kagero, you know... God. Um, Bunny Kagero. Makes it, yeah, makes you recover from that in a big way. You have got something you wanted more,
0: and I actually spent money on that one too. That's back when I still spent money. I didn't spend a single yeah. dime, and it felt even better because I didn't yeah, spend it a dime. It does,
1: yeah, it does. I reckon yeah. if you if you're the you know like I'm sure there's different reasons. I mean, like when you pay money, you're able to compete more in like the, the arena stuff. But the the buzz you get from actually doing a draw because it becomes more special because you can't draw as often. So yeah. I do agree, it feels better. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: and other news? Uh, yeah. I've got another couple weeks until uh until the fourth of July, which I will be getting off from the 30th of June to the 4th of July. So I will very have good, a five day weekend.
1: Five days. Cool. Yes. How are you gonna spend it?
0: Well, I'm for the thirtieth. It's gonna be a regular day for Saturday. Just walking up the subway, working on the uh, script I have for Nicaragua. On Sunday, okay. of course, there'll be a podcast. Uh, on the second, that will be a trip to the uh, dentist, who will be doing X-rays of my teeth and may also be doing a cleaning on the same day. If not, they'll be doing the cleaning the next day. Um, but I think they're going to do it both on the same day, which would be great. So they're going to do x-rays and the cleaning on the same day. Um, I also plan to take my car for a much-needed car wash. Um, She has been very faithful to me and has been putting up with the fact that she's had to drive through, like, uh, County Route 88 so many times and just is splattered with bugs all on her front and, um, (laughs) and blue jay feathers, too, because apparently fucking dumb birds are flying across the road and you know I'm doing 80 and the birds are like oh shit I wasn't timing this correct (laughs) there's fucking feathers flying everywhere
1: does she have a name?
0: Uh, yes it's Kim spelled with a C I always name my cars after their manufacturer so she's a Chevrolet so I named her Kim C-I-M Kim and now people may say like well no that's Sim no it's Kim you just have to pronounce it that way I named her also partially after a character in my, uh, my novel series, uh, who is a AI named Kim, Computer Integrated Monitor. Ah, okay. Yep. And she's very, very, uh, very much a fun car. Plus, I only spend like 10 bucks on gas a week, so, well, haza.
1: That's pretty good, winning. That does sound like winning to me.
0: Yeah, I end up with like maybe half a tank of gas by the end of the week, and, uh, if, if that, like sometimes it's a little bit over half a tank and I just top her off. I donate the rest of my money, whatever that is to uh Subway as tips. So what I'll do is I'll take a 20 out from the bank and I put like however much is needed to go into her, top her off. Then I usually round it out to, uh, either a dollar or 50 cent mark, whatever's closer. And then I, uh, take it out to, uh, take the rest out to Subway and give them that as a tip. I see, I see. Yep. And uh, it may be very likely in the future of my uh, working at Arnoff, they're going to install an electric car charger. So I won't need to spend ah. any money on gas.
1: <laughs> Even better.
0: Yes, I will be super happy with that because, like, not any money on gas. I will donate that full $20 to Subway if I could do that. That is great. <laughs> You're that appreciative of Subway. Oh, I love the Subway. It's my favorite Subway I've ever been to. Like I walk up if I'm walking and they see me like across the street, my sub is done by the time I get to the subway. They're like, "All right, you're all done. Just come on and check out." Um wow. you know they'll give me free shit. They're like, "Oh, you want like ten cookies for free? Here you go."
1: Wow, that yep. is nice. Yeah. You
0: know, they Let's they cut food. they'll cut me in line in front of people and stuff. And the only Whoa. sometimes I'll I'll just do like you know like. If there are, like, a bunch of people in there and then there's, like, a lull and then they see me across the street, they'll start making my sandwich. Even if, like, 20 more people come in and they're, like, standing in line, it's like, oh, you're all done up here. And then all I have to do is go straight to the front of the line, pay for my shit, and walk back. And, uh, you know, it's not the same as before where I used to have, like, 2,000 points stashed on my card because they switched to uh Tokens. And you can only earn up to, uh, I think it's something like two hundred tokens, which is, um, which is something like twenty four, twenty five, no, twenty four dollars off of stuff. Because what happens now yeah. is like you get a certain amount of tokens, the tokens accrue to a certain level, they don't go over that, and you can have up to. Um let's see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, so that's us uh, see, twelve two dollar two dollar off coupons. So that's what tokens are for now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, they cool. accrue to cool. make
0: coupons that you can use for two dollars off something, which is great. It's awesome. Um it's yeah. not great is that they expire a lot faster. Uh tokens uh. expire in ninety days and points used to expire in three years so they did Ah. have an expiration date like they didn't ever say what it was to people but i found out because i didn't spend any points for years and years and years and all of a sudden i started seeing like 70 points deducted 70 points deducted 70 points deducted and i was like i'm not spending any points what the fuck's going on here and i asked subway and they're like yeah points expire uh you you should probably use some huh so so, yeah, Subway, you know, it's great. I love their subs. I've always had the Veggie Delight there ever since I started going there. Um, I used to get the Meatball Marinara, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the Veggie Delight because I'm fat. And uh, I got my 6-inch Veggie I Delight.
1: Also, want I get the Meatball, at least where I go, there's never enough Meatball. Oh, yeah? That's, I guess, that's like yeah. I'm a bit of a glutton with that where it's like, you know, if I was to make a Meatball sub, I'd, like, stuff it. Like they they do it so that it's like it's lined horizontally along the sub, but I feel like you yeah, there's stack. like you
0: know, you should like stack five, more. <laughs> five yeah. meatballs in a row, and it's like no no no, you put another five on the other side.
1: Exactly, yeah. You, there's there's gaps between the meatballs, man. You can <laughs> you can fit them. I'm sure you can. Just don't worry, I can my I got
0: a, I got the grip. You don't need to worry.
1: Yes. If they did that, then I would definitely buy a meatball subs more. But for now, for me, it's like the I go for the melt, Subway melt. Because you get the three types of meat.
0: It's Subway. It's meatball meat, Zaldera. Of course, it's cheap. So it's, it's yeah. like the it's the little scraps and leftovers of this everything else.
1: This ain't no Chateaubriand We're talking here. This ain't no.
0: Yeah, it's not a flaming yawn or a sar
1: you know, Like what's that? A steak
0: off? called a tomahawk steak. There ain't no tomahawk steaks. Yeah, it's no a tomahawk
1: with the big bone. You can yeah. whack and club someone with. On the head with that shit, eat the evidence. Sorry, <laughs> keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I've uh, you know, been uh, enjoying my uh time at uh, work, and the car is working great, and I've been playing Overwatch a lot. Still, it's still a goddamn fun game. Now that I'm kind of back into it, I'm getting a little like bogged down where I'm like I'm getting really good at certain characters but like I really need to play other characters for their achievements and they're just not not working for me
1: Hmm. yeah
0: like, I yeah I just don't have like the right skills to play characters like that like I want I need Lucio's achievements but the one of the easiest achievements to get which is his uh you know it's uh basically he puts down a barrier that um covers everyone in a certain radius and if you like have like a diva or something who puts in her dumb mech and she goes to blow it up you can lay down the barrier and hopefully people survive however I've never timed the barrier correctly it's hard to actually build up his alt um, because you have to be really you have to be pretty good at wall riding that's the whole thing about Lucio is that he can wall ride and holy shit is that not something I'm good at doing
1: <laughs> uh takes a yeah. lot of dedication, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I guess it'll be worth it in the end. It's similar to like TF2 if it's uh rocket jumping, you know? Like it's hard yeah. to do, but once you have it, it's like
0: I've been finding that my favorite character right now is Anna, who's a Anna, uh yeah. Yeah. she's a healing sniper. So oh. God, she it's so much fun to play her. You can just stay back, heal people, then someone's gonna come after you. You run into the crowd and you kinda just like Finagle your way between a couple tanks on your team, and no one can touch you. And all you have to do is keep shooting your ally with healing bullets, (laughs) basically.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And she's got a. She does
1: have lethal runs too, doesn't she?
0: Oh no! The they do damage to enemies and they heal your allies. So, like, correct. you can, okay. if you, like, see everyone, like, lined up in a funnel, you can just shoot down that funnel, and you're gonna heal allies and damage enemies, and her damage is pretty severe, like, when she hits someone, it, it almost, like, poisons them in a sense, um. The
1: other sniper was Widowmaker, correct?
0: Correct, so there's three s so what's the point of
1: her if this one damages, you know, and doesn't, it heals and damages? Widowmaker a has it? a
0: yeah. lot more damage, like, um... Anna can't one-shot any enemy. She can't headshot an, an enemy into dying. Widowmaker ah, can. Right. She can kill any enemy with one headshot if she times it right.
1: Hmm. Gotcha. Right. Because
0: the whole thing about Widowmaker is that, uh, one, she has... Uh, she's spider-themed, if you didn't get that. She has a yeah. spider mine that will poison enemy and continually damage them until they're almost dead, or in some cases they do die. Uh, She has a grappling hook that lets her get to places that normal characters can't reach. And she also has a sniper that also acts as a assault rifle. So in sniper mode, uh, after you go into scope mode, it will charge up. And when you get to 100% power, you can one shot any enemy in the game. As long as you get a headshot on them. And they're not like buffed by anything. Uh, The other thing is if. Uh, like she's at close range and someone's like trying to get to her, she can switch and pull out and uh, you can't aim down sights with it, but you can just basically uh, shoot from the hip and it turns into an assault rifle.
1: That's very convenient. Yeah. Mm. You play any of Widowmaker?
0: No, I suck as Widowmaker. I've tried, but my hands too jittery.
1: Ah, okay. I have that problem with sniping myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bad at predicting at the moment. I
0: used to be good at it. Like, back when I played Halo, that was my favorite thing in the world. Like, I could just, I would be like, he's gonna walk out of that wall. And I was like, fucking Neo from the Matrix. Just like, he's learning. He's the one just sniping people all day long.
1: But not anymore.
0: No. Times are changing as you get older.
1: Yeah, fortunately. But, you know. There's always a class for you, despite your age, I guess. In- indeed, you graduate so. from one to another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's anything else I wanted to talk about in particular. So, on to you.
1: Okay. Well, I did talk about the party pop there earlier on, so uh, mind your ears today we, oh the confetti just got on the streamers got onto my monitor Um, <laughs> we've uh, managed to make, make a major milestone this week thanks ladies and gentlemen uh, we have uh, procured all the Video Game Pulse members onto our Discord server now which is pretty cool I'm not gonna lie, first we had Queen Akito and now we have collected the Millennium X you know, 1-7 card and also the CAS card, though she's She's a wild secret rare card because she always appears invisible even when she's typing. So, but yeah, we've got one, we've got two of the five shows. I think there's five shows. Two of the five shows, though, technically, two of those other shows are got the same hosts anyway. So, I'm not gonna hold out anytime soon for us to manage to get Tim and Welto here, to be honest, but
0: it's It'll eventually come around.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a Pipe Dream. They can't, stranger things have happened, so there's that, you know. That's pretty much it. This week's been uh, kind of busy with uh, guests coming around and uh you know today is a special day. Today's Father's Day here in the UK. Don't know if it's the same day as it is in America. Yeah,
0: Father's Day here yep. as well. Uh, my dad is currently in uh at Lake Placid um fighting a crocodile. <laughs> Actually, he's wow. just uh, scoping out his uh, marriage site for uh um mm-hmm. for when he gets married to his uh fiance right now. Ah
1: how romantic killing a crocodile for your, your loved one. But yep. uh yeah, no, that's the day to show that appreciation for you know, that that father or father figure in your life as it takes it's easy to be a parent, to become a parent necessarily, but it's it's hard to be a good dad. So show them that show them that you what it means, I suppose. And uh, so there's that. It made them a Big meal, the only way I know how is to... I don't have a lot of money to spend on a, a big expensive gift. But I got on my watch and uh, made some food. And that was about it. But also, it was even more hectic because today is also my mother's birthday. So, you know, two occasions at once. Double whammy. But it was good. Everything went down pretty well. We made cake and everything. So there's that. I don't really need to say anything about the Fire Emblem because we kind of covered it all at once. So that's great. I'm glad that's always out of the way. And we can go on to the community stuff. Of which there are... There's some comments um, replying to Paltier from the, the last last episode, 560 that went up. Um, but they're, so two of them are just agreeing with Paltier, so we'll go into the ones that's actually new shit. We've got one by Yotaru Vegeta who says, Random game theory reference. I only expect that on VG Pulse. I think that MatPat is at his best when he's doing FNAF game theories. Too bad that FNAF games aren't coming out once a year. Uh, there was a time where multiple FNAF games would come out in one year. Um, I, for one like at this point, especially since he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room of where he can go without straight up rebooting the whole series, that's kind of good that it's it's coming up sparingly. Otherwise, like you know, it might have that current Star Wars factor where hey, wasn't gonna be interesting enough when they released a new Star Wars movie every single year, and now we're already sick of it, you know. So it's that kind of thing. And yeah, I agree, Matt Pat. That's the only theories he does nowadays that I actually tune into when it's stuff that has concrete stuff that you're supposed to look up and actually delve into to get the lore then I think he does a good job. But when he's trying to like grasp at straws, like with his Persona 4 theory and shit, then um, that's when we start seeing the real shit. Or even some yeah. of his Pokemon lore theories. Like, you know, for instance, there was one he did on Pokemon Go, where he's like, Pokemon Go takes place before Pokemon Red and Blue because um, this happens before the Great War that Lieutenant Surge fought in. And um, you know, 'cause he used he talks about how he used to use Pokemon during like a World War or something. And this right. is apparently is the before the World War and it's between the teams in Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. But there's a huge problem with that already because in Pokemon Go, and he mentions the breeds of Pokemon you find out there, but in Pokemon Go you can find Capito and um Omanyte out there. Uh of which the Pokemon de- Pokedex entries say that they were extinct for I think it was something like two million years at least. So, um no. <laughs> that would make LT Surge two million years old. So that, that doesn't none of this works. A lot of, that's only one, but there are many factoids he gets kinda wrong when he covers this sort of theories, so yeah. It's a bit iffy on those. I think he should stick with the science stuff, really, but yeah. But what do hey, I know?
0: He's- that's just a theory. A game <laughs> theory. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Don't
1: forget to vote! On whatever the. Yeah, whatever. It is. Like and subscribe and give me all your money. He does make a lot of that. He does make a lot of that. And it's, you know. who I suppose criticism can only go far, so far these days because what he's doing is definitely working with the millions of subscribers. I remember when he only had like a thousand. But, man. Well, so he's lot, become. I won't like,
0: say he's become the new PewDiePie, but basically he's like now the star child of YouTube Red because YouTube Red yeah. star child was PewDiePie, was Scare PewDiePie. But ever yep. since PewDiePie kind of went off on the racist wagon and kind of was like, fuck YouTube. I'm done with YouTube commanding me and shit. Like, go fuck yourselves, you dumbasses. YouTube mm-hmm. and Disney were like, oh, shit. Um, goodbye then. And so he's kind of like cut ties with both of them and he's lost all of his sponsorships. But at the same time, he's also been like, yeah, I'm doing what I want now. I'm not going to yeah. kowtow down to YouTube or Disney anymore.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's fine because he's still got like billions of people that watch him.
1: Yeah, of course he's not. He's not gonna like. He's not gonna end up on the street homeless anytime soon. Anyway, so he, no. he has the freedom to do so. There's there's YouTubers that don't have the freedom to. There's YouTubers that don't have the freedom to do that. But there's there's also plenty of ones that don't mind. You know, <laughs> they don't have so much of a creative vision or like a certain personality to them that they don't mind having to meet YouTube's. Da Vinci Code of Standards, shall we say, in order to be in their good books. Yeah, God, I yeah, mean, it's like,
0: confusing it's, as fuck these days.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you can fit their terms of service and get banned, and you could not fit their terms of service and still be on. It's crazy. You know, that's a whole other rabbit hole of shit. Uh, the next co- I'm gonna move to the next comment now, but it comes in from Midnight Crew on the same episodes, and I think it's uh, it's about your review. It Says I could have sworn you already reviewed Killing Bites. Guess I must have been confused with some other anime podcasts. It was fine dumb action show that I really liked it for not trying to be anything more than that. I wish the action had been smoother and more dynamic though. Would have added a lot of fights to the fights themselves which ended up being uh, full of usual still frames and flashes of light that character anime, that I mean that anime likes to use to simulate action. Imagine if they'd been able to give Killing Bites the unlimited blade works treatment. Man, that would have been awesome. Speaking of fate, I wonder how long until someone realizes killing bite is perfect for a gacha game crew. Uh, so that's in regards to you know a- extra thoughts on killing bites. I still haven't watched that one past episode one.
0: Well, I mean, Manga Pulse did review it in three set three thirty seven, and we ah. did preview it in our Winter twenty eighteen previews number two episode five forty three. So, maybe uh-huh. he's like combining the preview plus the review that Tim and Weltall did into like the review that I did
1: <laughs> right so that could that could be partially why there's a bit of confusion going on there, but yeah, there's those um and oh yeah, I forgot to tell you the, the forum topic you'll have I'll have some answers to read out that are lengthy, so you have time to think of it hopefully uh this is basically a pilgrimage part two wherein um the question is. Um, you know, last time I asked about places featured in anime that you'd like to visit in real life? Sure. Uh, this one is places in anime that are fictional that you'd like to visit. So if you could think about one you could have in mind for that, I'll get to reading some answers. Do you think that would be an easy one to kind of come up with an answer for?
0: Japan! Oh, wait, I already said that.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it can it can be any version of Japan, then. It could be Neo-Yokio... Oh, wait, that's not actually Japan, is it? But whatever. <laughs> um, so, how about yeah, how no, about
0: no, the no. the uh, underground labyrinth of uh, Evangelion? That
1: Japan? That's actually Japan. I didn't know that was even Japan in Evangelion. Well, okay, yep. and that's underground, huh? Right. Cool. Shows what I know about that show. But I, from what I can tell, Evangelion ain't the most positive anime in terms of like, <laughs> oh yeah, I <laughs> no. totally want to live there. i don't want to live there. You know, uh, it's kind of like if you go to the Dragon Ball world, you're like, oh cool, you can fly and shit. And it's like. If you're a Saiyan or whatever, like, most humans suck. So I wouldn't want to visit there because they all get killed all the time. Humans suck (laughs) in the um, Dragon Ball world. So, there's that. Um, But yeah, the first answer we got comes in from Midnight Crew, uh, who says, Okay, gonna try and keep this down to a few entries because there are a lot of places I'd like to visit. The version of Japan I'd like to see is Mushishi would be pretty lovely. Untouched, tranquil wilderness with only occasional little village and no dangerous animals whatsoever. We'd totally go for a long hike in those forests and mountains. Academy City from Index would also be cool as well. Good choice, by the way. Bright, shiny, clean, and super modern with high-tech everywhere. The kind of place where you could spend a few days just wandering around, gawking at things. Of course, the crazy hive mind nuns kind of tarnish that image a bit, but I'm just gonna stay away from those. (laughs) And lastly, Alola from Pokemon. Sometimes you just want to visit a place where there are no major bad guys and things are kind of chill and any Pokemon location basically covers that. Alola seems like a pretty beautiful and laid back place, even among Pokemon settings. So that'd be the one I'd want to visit more than any of the others. Then you've got a few places like Kina Mizawa from Maiden Abyss, and the city from Ghost in the Shell, where I just like to peek in for a little while and then leave before something massively bad happens. They're just a bit too dangerous for a full vacation. Uh, Zaldera then comes up. Oh, thanks for that answer. Uh, Next comes in from Zaldera who says uh, "Tend to get that travel idea Documentation out again With an image from Mm -hmm. uh, Akira there (laughs) My choices of fictional places To head are Tokyo Free from Neon Genesis Evangelion Actually you just mentioned that actually (laughs) So yeah this is Japan Main headquarters of Nerve I would like to visit this place to see the massive underground section Known as Geofront Where Nerve HQ is based It would be cool to see the skyscrapers that rise from the ground Better avoid those angel attacks though then there's Mega Tokyo from Bubblegum Crisis. This place takes a lot of inspiration from Blade Runner. And I'd like to see the massive Genome Tower and visit the Hot Legs Cafe where Priscilla, Pris, Asagar- Asagiri, and her band The Replicants play. Must remember to avoid any rogue boomers though. These all seem like dangerous locations partially. I guess that adds a bit of the excitement though. Um, there's then also Newport City from Ghost in the Shell. The main setting in Ghost in the Shell franchise, it would be fun to see if you can spot if the major Kusanagi and her merry band from Nine are out in the streets on their last, latest mission. Also, it might be a good place to find some cybernetic upgrades. Need to update any antivirus software and check the settings on the firewall to avoid getting my brain hacked, though. Thanks for the responses. Those are all good and they all have nice flavour text to them. So thanks. And also images. This week, the I also recommend v- um, looking at the forums if you don't get entirely what they're saying. Because not just this one, but the next few posts also include uh, images of these locations. So that's quite helpful. Because I don't know a lot of these settings myself. Um, the next comment comes in from Rampant AI, who says I mentioned in answering the real-world counterpart to this question, see here, uh, that I was more interested in the fictional locales and anime, and so now we are discussing it, and this is the follow-up topic. I will reiterate and confirm that, as I said here, mostly if I had to pick uh, one, one's milieu settings, I don't know how to pronounce that word, milieu settings to visit, it would be those of Cowboy Bebop, the whole Grand Tour in fact. I'd like to see Alba City on the terraformed Mars the and the orbital colonies of the Beltline, such as Tijuana or the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. So well, There's some nice images there. Back on Earth, I'd like to see what's become of Singapore, the birthplace of Faye Valentine, and the desert air sh- airstrip of the old geezer space shuttle. But I will avoid going anywhere near where the old contaminated refrigerator might end up shiver. Uh, scrolling down, I would certainly mention more from Cowboy Bebop other than the imag- uh, and other imaginative anime, but as long as I could get there in something like Spike's personal ship, the Swordfish too, that would be awesome. That's basically it. So Cowboy Bebop would be the answer mainly from uh, Rampant AI. Thanks for that. And then the very last comment comes in from Marjib, who says the SEO anime world where VR games are advanced that would be sick. And yeah, I could totally agree with that. I mean, like, as janky as the VR games can be in SAO and how they can even kill you, uh, the prospect of, like, having just, like, it's basically our world, but just the technology has advanced much more cooler. And, uh, you know, imagine just how many things you could do if you could just, like, envision and go to any VR world, you know? Sure, there are some shitty games there, like the design of SAO itself, but, you know, hey, that's not to stop other developers to come in, like Bethesda. <laughs> no, it's, I don't say Bethesda. Any other developers to come in and just, like, make a better VR experience and, you know. And if you think about it in terms of just world well-being, so many people who, regardless of their age and their fitness level and stuff, can experience something outside of their house, also regardless of economic status. I'm just adding all this in there because, you know, SAO has so much potential, it's just, you know, all we get to see is what the anime and the, well, the anime covers. I don't care to read the light novels personally, but, you know. There's that. And I guess if you look at the sequel, like uh, Axel World takes place after SAO. And then basically, like at that point, you've basically got a nerve gear on you at all times, which is even cooler. So there's that. But I'm waffling at this point. What about you, Joseph? What what would be your personal pilgrimage?
0: I would have to go with the uh, Japan version, or the version of Japan from Monster Musume.
1: Ah, okay, right, so... Or at least the world from fucking,
0: yeah, this monster girls, and, like, monsters, and, like, mythical creatures and
1: shit like that popping up. Yes, please. Hate to tell you, though, one one particular rule that they do reinforce in that series, you're not allowed to fuck them.
0: Ah, but that's only if they're a homestay. Touché. (laughs) <laughs> yes, cuz that's the whole thing. That's the stipulation that they even remove it at the end of the last couple of novels. Um the uh, the uh, uh Miss Smith is basically like, "All right, you're going to have to choose one of them to fuck."
1: Oh boy. That happens. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, she's already she's basically, "All right, so throw that rule out the window. You got to fuck one of them." And all the girls are like, "It's on now." <laughs>
1: If it wasn't on already when the full moon hit. Um, yeah, so of course. So, were you happy with the result? I'm not sure if we um, should spoil, but were you happy with the one he chose?
0: I didn't. Uh, the manga's still ongoing. If you mean the anime? Oh,
1: right. Oh, no, no. I mean, no, tech- I, thought,
0: I thought because he had to choose one. Oh, no, he hasn't made his choice. Like, okay. I think Sue right now is kind of... I don't want to say it, but I think Sue's kind of the best girl just because she even is like... Oh, why don't you just have all of us? <laughs> and Kimita is just like, that's not how marriages work. And she's like, why not? <laughs> like, don't you she's love all of us? One, right? And we all love you. And it's like, Sue is so perfect.
1: <sighs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of the girls there that wouldn't be happy with that, though.
0: No, all the girls would be happy with that. Of course, he'd get henpicked. Oh, yeah? But Mia, Poppy, Poppy you wouldn't fucking care. Because um, oh, yeah, she, she's stupid, huh? Sue wouldn't care. Uh, I don't really think... I think Rackne wouldn't also care. She'd just be like, I don't mind sharing them as long as I get time with them every now and then. Uh, Lala wouldn't care either, I don't think, because she'd just Wait. be like, oh, I gotta stay by. Cause... There's a girl called Lala? Yeah, Lala, the Dolahan.
1: Dullahan.
0: Yeah, she's a uh, Dolahan. You know, she's the... Uh, the Headless Horseman-esque character who uh, constantly loses her head and ends up in compromising situations.
1: I don't know this character, but I guess I haven't really watched it. So <laughs> That's the oh. I've only seen the cover. I know there's a centaur. I know there's a snake lady. And yep. the, is the bird. Mia is a snake, a snake lady. Spider. Poppy
0: yeah. is the bird. Uh, Centora is the girl, horse girl. Sue is a slime. Um, Mero is a yep. uh, mermaid. Rackne is a spider girl lala is a duller and of course then you have miss smith who is a regular human
1: i never knew me was in the series too
0: yeah the only reason i also bring up miss smith is because um when uh kimito is asked like you know like oh what body part do you like the most and I'm like i guess i like legs and miss smith is like oh i got those i
1: guess that'd be me ah wow Actually, if he said that, that that kind of immediately discounts quite a few of the girls there that's in his listing. Because they don't have legs, quite a few of them. Of
0: course, then Rakne showed up, and then Kimito immediately was like, I I really like your legs. And then, like, Rakne started, like, kicking him and was like, fucking pervert. Ah.
1: Yeah. So that would be your number one choice of worlds? Yeah,
0: definitely end up in that world just because, like, I think it'd be really cool to have, like, Monster girls and shit like that, and, like, regular monsters and mythical creatures, like, running around. Like, right now, this world is fucking boring. We need zombies, we need aliens to show up, we need something fucking major to happen here, like, right now. Because right now, it's just boring.
1: Pretty dull. We'll admit. That's why we always escape to anime. We try ones.
0: to find the fun shit.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the condensed version of the, the the best stuff in one place. Um... Honestly, I don't have a... I, didn't, I, I always ask these questions, but I never mm-hmm. have like a firm answer myself. The only thing that comes straight to mind out of my head just because I like food would be Torako's Gourmet World because everything is tasty there and everything is almost edible. Well, <laughs> that's that's a kind of like a half answer, but yeah. That'd be the only one I could really give off the top of my head, because I never really thought about it. Um, Yeah, but I think that about does it. There's no request to refresh the pages there. No. Okay. Um, So yeah, we could probably move on, I guess, to the news.
0: Okay. Well, we both got a couple pieces of news, so let's jump straight into it. Uh, Love Live. Oh, boy. The Love Live, like, contravesty, you want to call it, the events recently of Love Live have just been going all around. The Great War. God, like, for an anime that ended back in December, this has been... An ongoing problem. So, okay, recently there was that Love Live thing about the manholes, and they were being defaced. Well, they had those removed. So now there are no more Love Live uh, manholes. I imagine they're probably sold off to fans or something like that. Um, Then uh, there was, um, uh, like, Love Live. Let's see here. What else was there? There was something else in addition to that uh, the manhole thing that happened. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I can't remember what else, but there was another thing that happened after that. Well, now there's a brand new thing. At the uh, most recent Love Live concert that was announced, a 17-year-old uh, Japanese boy was found to have submitted um, several, multiple messages, uh, including one that said that he will have limitless explosions happen during the uh, concert, Um and talked about, like, he had took pictures of, like, looked like -like, fire-like, firecracker-like objects taped together, um, kind of like a bomb. Well, the uh, investigators eventually figured out who the fuck this dude is. It turned out some 17-year-old high school student from the town of Seto in the Okayama Prefecture, the boy was arrested on charges of forceful obstruction of business. Upon questioning, he admitted to the charges as you typically do in japan though he denied having any serious intent to the bomb concert he said he wanted attention he told police i wore the post so it can't be helped people thought i wanted to blow up the event well no shit dickhead you fucking took pictures of a bomb you took you posted shit that like i'm gonna blow shit up and like now you're like i just want attention it's like well you can have all the attention oh. getting butt raped in jail have fun <laughs> yeah, um... Go drop the soap a few times, dickhead.
1: Yeah, that was... Such an unnecessary... <laughs> Again, yeah, I guess he got what he wanted in the end, like you said. You know, if that's all he wanted. Yeah, if all he wanted don't was don't.
0: attention, he'll get plenty of it in jail.
1: Indeed. I yeah,
0: see. that, uh... That is a, yeah, another mark in the Love Live history cinematic <laughs> this, universe yeah that's still going on right now and i don't mm-hmm. even imagine Wait, this is still this is going to be the end of it for yet
1: yeah. no oh right there was, infinity war comes around love life infinity war comes around
0: i remember what it is now there was an mm. otaku dating service that said that its female members refused to date male love life fans oh that's right
1: that's right that's right yeah yeah was it was it specifically love live or was it just idols
0: in general specifically love live
1: Love Live in particular. Yeah, <laughs> Idol Masters fine.
0: From what they were saying, the female characters basically said that, or the female uh, members basically said that the Love Live fans, the male Love Live fans, were too eccentric and too unpredictable, and they acted irrationally a lot throughout a lot of their dates. So they didn't like dating them at all. It was Toracon was the dating service. Whoa. Um, And it only applied to male Love Live fans because female Love Live fans were accepted overwhelmingly on the dating app because they actually got along even better with their male counterparts than the females got along with, like, the regular um, otakus out there that aren't Love Live fans.
1: Yeah, I remember that being a thing. I think, yeah, last week. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Which is basically them saying that, like, oh, it's an anime for guys, and a bunch of these girls are into it, so obviously the girls that are into it are going to get along with the guys, and apparently they do.
1: There we go. So, you know, so, yeah. there's there's one for everyone, I guess. And efficiency. Uh, yeah, that, uh,
0: that does it for my first. What do you got? For our next.
1: My first one's pretty quick because there's not actually much gameplay or uh, any gameplay shown at all, but fans of Kill the Kill from the popular studio Trigger um, ha- is going to be going into a partnership with Arc System Works uh, to create a new game based off the iconic series. So Kill the Kill is an anime about, it's kind of like parodying, shown in of tropes, and it's about a girl called Ryoko going into a school called, I forget to try and get revenge for her father and then to do so they all have to wear these sort of transforming like exhibitionist school uniform things um in order to fight each other i'm not describing it very well at all it's it's one of those things you have to see to be believed but it's a i well think animated it was like show.
0: i think the mm-hmm. plot was like her father was killed by someone with scissors yes and, and she, she's going in there yeah like part of her uh, <laughs> her fucking outfit is a is her weapon is a half of a scissor so it's that's kind right. of odd.
1: Yeah, it's a scissor blade, and you know, like it's all fabric themed because they're wearing clothes and shit, and then you know, the scissors cut the clothes, and all the, everybody's attack, everyone's like transforming is to do with their clothes and stuff. So that's yeah, and the, her sort of the her outfit
0: of kind of reminds me of like Gern Lagan's face.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does actually that robot thing. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it actually does, does, doesn't yeah. it? Absolutely it does. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Mm, I never thought about it till now, but yeah, actually it does look quite similar. Um, Our system works as the same developers who created the popular Guilty Gear and um, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue fighting game series. They're most known for their fighting games. Uh, They've done other games as well, but um, they've also did the fighting games for Persona series, such as Persona Four Arena, and more recently, one of the most popular fighting games of this year, Dragon Ball Fighters, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see that they're actually going to be doing other anime as well, because this opens the gates for even per- perhaps that dream game I was talking about maybe multiple weeks back about maybe a possible Soul Eater game. Though I can still only dream because I don't think Soul Eater is quite as popular as Kill the Kill. But yeah, so they're going to be making a game on this. There's no screen- there's no gameplay shown, but there are screenshots provided, and it seems to be using the same engine where... like. It- If you look at the screenshots, it looks like it's 2D. It almost looks like it's actually hand-drawn animation, but these are actually 3D models, and it's because of their rendering technique that they use. It's such a very effective way of getting an anime to move in three dimensions and have a camera rotating around it without actually compromising that flat, classic animation feel. Um, More information will be coming out in the Anime Expo in 2018, this year, July 5th to 8th, in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um... The Arc System Works booth will also feature guests of honor, such as the Kill the Kill character designer, Sushio, uh, and creative officer Hiromi Wakabayashi. So, yes. And also, like A-Plus Games has developed stuff such as Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time, which was another trigger project, uh, released on the PS4 and PC last month, which I'd never heard of, but there you go. So that's this story. Look forward to hearing more about that in the future, I guess
0: yeah it uh seems interesting they do do a soul eater um game first uh the first series please not the second one with the lesbians Can we uh stick to the more interesting series that had an, a compelling villain and wasn't just like yuri bait wait
1: what series has the lesbians sorry what, what i messed up What?
0: the soul eater 2
1: oh so it's called it's called solitor not right right now i get right
0: solitor not right i forgot the dumb name um called, yeah that one was basically just like yuri bait, yuri bait, and this yeah it's not interesting it's just girls and girl on girl action woohoo it's
1: a uh, very moe blob at the same time it's like a mix of moe blob and solitor and it's it's funny because like there's glimpses. Mm-hmm. Whenever they get the classic characters like Blackstar and Maka on screen, you're like, oh, I want to see that! I want to see what they're doing! I want to see what the cool characters like Death the Kid are doing! You don't want to watch these characters, these noobs that can't really No, of course fight. not. No. So. Uh, there are some interesting merits to it, but it's not enough to redeem the <laughs> whole package. It's not what I was looking for. Hashtag not my solutor. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. What's your second piece of news?
0: Well, my second piece of news is a bit more morbid. So uh, you know, Shikansen or uh, the bullet trains in Japan. Oh,
1: of course. Well,
0: yes. uh, around 2:20 uh, p.m. Uh, on June the 14th, uh, Nozomi number 176 Super Express Shikansen heading to Tokyo from Hakata made a regular stop at the Koroha Station in uh, Kyushu's northernmost city of uh, Kita Kyushu where a large crack in the bonnet was discovered. That's the basically the nose of the bullet train. Despite the damage, the train continued on its journey, traveling from the uh, uh, Kanmon straight to the main island of Honoshu, where the train then went under a, or underwent a more thorough inspection. This is when staff discovered a part of a human body wedged inside the damaged section of the nose of the train. And uh, apparently the uh, conductor claimed that he heard a noise while he was going through a tunnel uh, through uh, one of the uh, lines, and he thought it was a small animal because he's hit small animals before. Well, as it turns out, it was not a small animal at all. It was a person because investigators did go to the uh, tunnel that the nose had been damaged through and found... Other various body parts of a person that was once a person strewn about the tunnel Ooh, yes, very morbid and grim as they show a <sighs> picture of the train. It's the basically like the nose of the train kind of smashed in a corner and a very black, blackened darkened red streak of blood running across the strain. So, that, yeah. whoever got hit there got hit on full force. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we watch more gory stuff in like movies and things, but when it's real and it's just like there, even if it's less graphic, it's like because like, it's actually that was a really a person, it adds a yep. real sense was of creepiness. Was keyword. To it. So, <laughs> yeah, was. And you know, when you yep. hear that thing about him saying that he heard a thing, you know, the conductor actually hearing that noise, it's like that was someone's last moments, their last sort of oh, God. Yep. Thinking about it gives you shivers.
0: As as we were kind of discussing, like, hopefully it was either, you know, someone who was planning on committing suicide. You know, hopefully, because, like, it wasn't someone that didn't didn't want to die at all. But uh, it could have been maybe a homeless person, a drunkard, um, or maybe even just like a regular uh, vagrant and just like trying to like do dumb things in a tunnel, like, you know, spray paint the side of it or something and uh, they were just not being uh, cautious enough, and the train clipped them and took them out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, possibly even like we can go even more like sinister. It's like this is actually like a new like yakuza form of like execution or something. But, you know,
0: oh, like put them on. out in the train tracks. Yeah, that's yeah, old yeah. western stuff. where we talk about like damsels in distress and someone's stroking their beard or beard, uh, it's, their mustache nearby.
1: And it's like a... And it's like, there's like foam grain filter, it's all grayscale, and it's like, there's black text, uh, there's white text on black screen to to see the dialogue, and uh piano (laughs) playing.
0: Now you'll get it, my dear, and like, help me,
1: help me, help me,
0: don't worry, I've got a posse behind me. Curse you, Lone (laughs) Rider.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just,
0: uh little skit there so yeah uh morbid news train killed someone in japan at high speeds enough to tear their limbs from limb so yeah
1: okay i wouldn't say good times but you know i guess uh moving on i guess from yeah, hopefully a bit more hopefully
0: your last piece of news here is going to be a bit more interesting
1: it is! It's it's something that brings a lit ray of sunshine to many in Otaku's life, that being, once again, love life! Believe it or not. So, we return, actually, though, to the States this time. In California, a student brings his waifu to his, uh, in the form of his body pillow. Is it a body pillow? Yeah, it's a body pillow to his graduation. So, yeah, apparently this thing happened where um, certified Otaku called Ryan. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Nagai Thai Thai, brought his anime girl pillow with him to his um, graduation at the California State Polytechnic University of Pomona, California. And um, he is, what you need to know, I suppose, detailed here is that he is a graduate from, what course is it? I think it's business related. I can't find the details for it. Yes, yeah, he's a, a business administration graduate, and, you know, the video went up live of him graduating with it in his hands, so, um, that's also received a lot of positive sort of, like, you know, praise from other people on Twitter, like, oh, this man is a legend and shit, and, like, he's dedicated and stuff, so, yeah, he's, he's got quite a lot of positive attention because of this whole thing, and, um, you know, I just guess goes to show.
0: <laughs> but, this is some yeah. positive love live news. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's true. It counteracts the whole bomb threat thing. Uh, for those of you who don't know which character it is, or wouldn't know, it's uh, the character is the image of a character called Niko Yazawa, a girl of pigtails and uh, black hair. She's one of the more popular ones even I know of, famous for that line, Niko, Niko, Ni. <laughs> I said it in the most blandest way possible. Um, and it's one of the Love Live's original idol group members. So yeah. Um, I guess there's that there's there's footage and photos of him getting that congratulatory handshake with it in hand I'm just surprised they kind of let him actually walk up in line with it you know because you know, normally you're not holding anything but you did it so there you go positive news I guess that's it
0: it's still kind of cringy like I respect the oh, man yeah. for his uh, dedication and like he doesn't even look like oh, he's yeah, embarrassed yeah. like he looks very happy no, like pretty yes pretty I've done right it now. But, like, at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm like,
1: ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we, do- we were already talking about dating, <laughs> you know, in regards to, like, liking Love Life fans as a male. So hopefully he already has a girlfriend, <laughs> you know. If he's he does, he in- doesn't need to
0: date a girlfriend. He has his oh, of girlfriend course he's
1: go- right there. Oh, yeah, I forget, I forget, I forget the whole thing. Niku is the only one for <laughs> him. Oh, God, right, yeah, so, there you go. It's, I will admit it does bring me some cringe, but at the same time it's like, wow, that was brave. I wouldn't do it myself, but yeah, that was that was brave. Mad props. Mad props, yes. I believe that uh,
0: wraps it up for our industry news. Uh, yep. Slide on into our reviews then, because it's regular reviews, number hybrid show. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Yes. Um, Normal. Well, let's see here. I guess I I should probably get started first since it's just uh, one review per person. Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. And uh, for me, I've got my review of the second season of Three Gatsun no Lion. Uh, so the first season of Three Gatsun no Lion surprised me with how invested it got me into a board game I knew little to nothing about especially when it came with characters who had tons of personal baggage. Because if you know me, then you know I avoid drama like the plague. Teenage drama is a disease that has infected many regions of anime, corrupting the good ones and making the bad ones even worse. However, the drama in 3 no Lion is as not as teenage BS. Instead, it is hard-hitting stuff that comes out of left field and knocks you Upside the feels. But with all those positives, how does a second season stack up? Does it capture the same feelings? Can it possibly hope to be better than the first? The answer may surprise you. Picking up where the original season left off, our main character, Ray is experiencing the full Monty of what school life has to offer. At first, Rey has was almost never in class, only taking the bare minimum he needed to pass even though he was a stellar student. He used his time to study game scenarios, moves, and practice in quiet. His focus was always on becoming a top shogi player. And it's no dream he had already earned more playing competitive shogi than his teacher makes working full-time. However, he has come out of its shell to participate more, joining a science club where he teaches shogi to classmates, and even uh, Akari, Hinata, and Momo, the family of three girls he frequently visits, has noticed he's opening up more. I was a bit hesitant to the change myself, as I was better connected to the loner version of Rei, but I was willing to give him a shot. We get a brief reminder that the top shogi player in the world is still around, his title being challenged by other big players, though none have yet to best him. There's also a bit where we are introduced to Goto's wife, a komotose woman that he seems to generally care for. This shows us a softer side to Goto, one we have yet to see, as all we know up till now is that Rei hates him for stringing along Kyoko, his adoptive sister. Though this is all also addressed, and it seems that perhaps things between Kyoko and Goto are less romantic or even physical than anyone might have guessed. However, this is all just fluff as far as I'm concerned, as the real meat of the season is slammed on our table like a juicy roast ham. Mm. You see... Last season might have done well with its drama, but it didn't quite connect to me. It revolved around the pain of Lost, as Ray dealt with the loss of his entire immediate family, being ostracized from his adoptive one, and trying to connect to a new one. However, this season deals with a topic I am all too familiar with, having been on both ends of the spectrum. Bullying. And not just any type of bullying, but the worst kind that only can come from female bullies. In school, Hinata has learned that one of her best friends, a timid and friendly girl, has become the target of some very nasty bullying. Hinata is a strong and popular girl, and she tried to assist her friend, only to see her friend move away to recover from the drama. Very quickly, Hinata becomes the new target and while she tries to handle it without making a fuss, she eventually cracks and has not just us, but even the calm and collected Ray, wanting to kill the girls who were hurting her. This part of the season really got to me, as it did a perfect job of capturing how bad bullying can become and that even when you have friends and family who are there to help in the end, the only one who can deal with it is have the school fucking man up and address it publicly. I know all too well that teachers will generally ignore the situation. They will shift the blame on the one being bullied, and the parents of those bullies will act like it's not the child's fault. So the only way to solve the problem is for the school to buckle down and make it public, even if it hurts their precious reputation, because if they don't stop, there will be blood on their hands either from the bullied committing suicide, the bullying going too far, or the bullied getting revenge against a school that ignored their pleas. Which, in America, we've seen happen a lot lately. After this very real and very hard-hitting bit, the anime treats us to a bit of a reward. Ray is uh, able to progress further and obtain a title that makes it Possible for one of my hopes to be fulfilled, Ray gets to play against Toji, the top shogi player in the world. It's not a match that will be anything more than a publicity stunt to try and bring up more attention and revenue due to competitive shogi, but it had me giddy with excitement as I could see easily the similarities between Ray and Toji, and wondered what a match might be like between these two. The match has us learn a secret about Toji, one that Ray ends up learning as he becomes stranded on the return trip with him. I believe this act was to make Ray see Toji in a more human light, and to make him realize that even the best of the best have their faults, that they live with every single day. The season wraps up with another big match between Kai and uh, Shoichi, a match that I easily saw as appealing to those in the late 60s. Shoichi continually going over the fact he's getting old, and that eventually the world will forget him. His friends reinforcing his fears as they are forced to retire, or end up abandoning their dreams. And even though I'm not nearly 60, I could still feel the fear of being forgotten, something that I think is even worse than death. Lastly, there is some progression from Rei and Hinata as the friendly pairing becomes a bit more closer and closer to something one might consider to be romantic. Rei spends time alone with Hinata, helping her study so she can join his school. And even Hinata's new look, which usually spells the death of a female character when they cut her hair, was accepted with a strange eagerness by Rei. Hinata herself is more than appreciative for the help Ray has offered her, and for being there f- uh, from you know the terrible time that she was bullied. I'm really looking forward to seeing this pair grow, as I'm more than happy with the pace of the relationship is progressing. So to answer that question on whether or not this season did better than the first, I would have to say yes. The anime struck a major chord with me, covering a topic like bullying to such degree and doing a damn good job at it. Everything else about the series continued to be what it was, which meant that everything else was as good as the first season. My thoughts on the animation haven't changed from the first season, it's astounding. The whole anime is atmospheric and beautiful, all of which is provided by Studio Shaft. These are the guys behind the Monogatari series, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, and uh, Tsukiyomi Moonphase. I didn't care for their work on Monogatari being far too out there with the styles, but they kept to the script and amplified the style found in the manga. I approve. The voice acting, you couldn't have truly captured that bullying part without some high-tier acting, and boy howdy does Hinata's voice actress, Kana Hanazawa do a damn fine job of reaching into our hearts and giving a good squeeze. Everyone was great, but I have to give it up for Kana's part and her emotional rant about bullying, which really punches you right in the feels. And my favorite character remaining at the top of my list is Ray. While I was unsure of his growth, I eventually came to realize that without it, he would have been a static character that couldn't have assisted Hinata like he did. It's because he grew he was able to lend a shoulder to her to cry on, and offer her the idea of joining him at his school. He even had Akiri or sorry, <clears throat> even had Akiri crying from his help, letting her know that she never needs to feel like she has to carry the weight of her family alone. It's really touching and makes us see Rey in a far warmer light than ever before. So I'm giving Three Gots in no a Line an immediate download now. Like, season two, go and watch it. Season one, watch it. Prepare yourself for season two. Now, there isn't as much crying as there was from season one because, holy shit, there were some moments that will, like, just, like, get you right there and make you yeah. t- you know, like, oh, no, it's just the rain. But, uh, no, like, in this one, it's more like, like your heart is on edge the entire bullying part. It's just like you like you're keeping deep breaths after every episode.
1: Hmm. Really so, yeah, download
0: now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Good. It's been a, it's been a little while since we've got one of those, so that's good to hear. Um well, I mean my last episode. I, I think the last like one was a well, download now. What was
0: it? Yeah, the well, the last one that has been re has not been released yet, which was Overlord.
1: That was download now. Oh, right. Yeah,
0: Overlord so was... 2 was a download now.
1: Right, okay. For some reason, I thought, like, um, Death March was the last one that got a download now. Ah. But... Uh. Okay, right. All right, there there we go. Then I guess we're on a on a winning streak, then, I guess, with uh, at least a few reviews in terms of finding solid hits. So that's good to hear. And it's, good yeah, to so even, wh- it's even better to hear when it does that tops itself in the previous seasons. Sorry, what were you going to
0: say? Oh, no, no, yeah. I was, yeah, I it was pretty amazing that I was able to do that. Like, I didn't think it could get any better given like it, everything else was basically a 10 out of 10, but like this season was just able to be like, well, the plot didn't really grab you in the first season. So let's fix that.
1: Mm, mm. Now the everything is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I uh, guess it brings us round to the, my first review in over a month. So I might be a bit rusty.
0: Yeah, um, so what do you, what do you have after my review? Huh?
1: I got, uh-huh? um, huh? uh, wait, cause, cause, so was yours the rain? Was, was yours uh, the rain uh, then? Yeah. No. Okay, so well, I'm bringing, yeah, the, well. well
0: it, it's, it's transition because it's after the
1: rain you're reviewing. Ah, right, yes, okay. Go right so, into it,
0: Andrew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, of course, transitions aside, the anime I'm doing is Koi wa amegari no Yoni, or Love is Like After the Rain. It's a romance anime based on a manga by the same name, and it's the focus being a relationship distanced by the decades of time. It stars a 17-year-old girl named Akira Tachibana, who is an aspiring athlete, the ace of her school's track and field team in fact, before an accidental injury occurs and she's unable to run anymore. Having her main true passion robbed from her just like that, Tachibana finds herself at her lowest point, walking home alone in the rain, before one day stopping by a cafe called Garden. Sorry, had to burp for a second. okay. Oh, okay. Gassy. There, she, there. She has a fated encounter with the manager Masami Kondo, who brings her a free coffee and charms her with a little magic trick. And that's a, and that was it. At that moment, Tachibana had found a new passion in her life in the form of love. The bulk of the anime takes place some time after that, wherein Tachibana started working at the cafe for obvious reasons. The episodes detail the romantic escapades of Tachibana as she tries to get Tensho to notice her and goes to extraneous lengths to build up the romantic tension and convey just how badly Tachibana has it for Mr. Kondo. And by the way, she has it very badly for Mr. Kondo, going as far as, like, with the first episode, like, she's already in the territory of, like, you know, grabbing his shirt when he's not there and sniffing it. You know, like, very, like, again, we talked about this before the show, but if the roles were reversed, this would be sort of... Weird, Creepy. but yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, what I mean, like, but because it's her, it's like, oh, it's touching. It's
1: the, it's the younger person, so she's sort of yeah, you know. But so Innocent. yeah, she's and and there's multiple yeah, exactly, and there's multiple instances of this sort of thing where she's like, she's got lots of things on her mind, but Mister Condo's takes up a large majority of it, like to almost a crazy extent, to the point where like they go to watch a movie, and she like is very like pedantic about which leaflet was like that she got there was from him and which was from a previous movie experience she went to she has to like know exactly which one it is so she's very like oh Tensho's toothbrush I must grab it now I'm just joking but it's not as not as bad as that okay anyway now while that is the majority of what this anime focuses on another large portion of it is about the trials and tribulations the two leading characters face as individuals so Tachibana's main hang-up, besides her romantic one, centres on her injury and finding that little spark she once had uh, to run once more, once recovered, and also embodies is also embodied by her frayed relationship with her former best friend, who's also a, f- a former colleague of the track and field team. Uh, Kondo is, on the other hand, a good-natured, middle-aged man who, like Tachibana, has a passion, specifically for pure literature that is also, unfortunately, a source of great pain, as... It's hinted at that it has uh, torn his previous family apart as, you know, he is a um, 45-year-old man who's also divorced and has a child, so that's also a thing. Romance aside, this does appear to be a central message of the show, about how no matter how cleanly things are set in stone like it was for Tachibana, or how much we aspire to do great things, there's almost certainly going to be stumbles along the road, just as how certain there's going to be rain eventually. Um... When that happens, it is most important for one to share an umbrella with another until after the rain. Similar to how uh, he helped reignite the light in Tachibana's youth, so too does her interactions with Kondo manage to cause a great shift in his seemingly stagnant life. Having that as a main factor helps portray the romance in a more gratifying manner than you see in your standard rom-com anime. In many anime I've watched in the past, love is just something that characters seek for that self-gratification and that satisfaction of the viewer. But I do like how Koiwa looks more into how love can actually improve one's life beyond just having someone to hug, having someone to kiss, etc. It earns its seinen tag better than a lot of seinen out there in that regard, as it causes you to think deeper about the subject beyond the childish attraction between the characters. I suppose it had... a. It had no choice to do so when I think about it in this way, given that the central love interest has such a large age gap. It is naive to think that No Limits is the key to creating a masterpiece of anything, really. More often, it is the limitations one is in that allows them to innovate and push forward, and that's pretty much the dynamic between the two leads here, uh where it first appear to be. When we're talking about the age gap of almost 20 years in a romantic relationship, the idea is sure to raise some eyebrows. Heck. It's handled purely. If it's handled poorly, this anime could fit into any other number of genres besides romance. Really, this could at first be considered limiting, especially if you're trying to tell a genuine story. You are pigeonholed into some decisions that otherwise will lead to rather uncomfortable uh, viewer bases. For example, um, Tachibana would have to be the one being more assertive in this relationship and actively pursuing Kondo. I don't need to again explain the reason as to why the reverse would, you know, be a bit questionable. It is tangentially used to develop the differing perspectives that comes with age expressed through Kondo's many inner monologues, but also as a means to lower any potential creep factor. They go for group ranks to show that he is, um, you know, a genuinely a nice guy and not, like, he's not very fast to accept her very apparent affections towards him. You know, he's he has the considerations of, hey, I'm old enough to be your father, this is not the best thing for you, Really, you should reconsider. Your your life is just starting, and all those sorts of things. And that does help make him more endearing. The fact that he doesn't straight up accept these sorts of uh, advances from not just a coworker, but you know, someone of such a younger age. One thing that I appreciate about modern romance in anime, especially the shoujo variety, is how much faster the actual romance seems to progress these days. And it's no spoiler to say that confessions in this show uh, that, that the confessions in this show come pretty early, being in the first few episodes. Still, shows like the previously reviewed Fukumenki Noise squander those grace points I award them by doddering to an inconclusive end, falling straight back into what's typical of the romance anime I have watched in the past. And while I'm not going to say that it doesn't, tip- uh, it doesn't necessarily happen here, I'm okay with it here at least, as much like in real life there's a lot more to it than simply, I hope they get together, and also because frankly as stated, a relationship of this nature could ha- has to be handled not just delicately, but slowly in a certain manner. As is, I think that was handled pretty decently really. While the narrative through line is easy enough to guess where things are going to be going for a good amount of the time, the individual moments decently managed to avoid some of the typical cliches of the genre. There's no like moments where, you know, you get those really shitty cliches you get in romance animes where there's like a misunderstanding, where a character like thinks, oh, you're going out of this uh, and then you walk in on a kiss or something and it's awkward. I guess there are some minor, um, misunderstandings, like, you know, there's one point where Kondo sees she's hanging out with, like, a schoolmate, or a schoolmate comes up to her, just by chance, and he think, oh, that must be her boyfriend, it's very minor, and it gets, like, solved in one episode, like, so, there's, like, those things, they, they try to avoid those sorts of cliches, also, big welcome to Rampant AI, I know we're a bit late to the show, but I appreciate your presence regardless, um, <laughs> side note, um, and then there's other things that you know that breaks away from those cliches and makes me feel like it's more mature. Like for instance, in a romance anime or just anime in general, there's a quick, there's always a quick thing where you know it's easy to make a villain where you know like, and the villain stands there to be like, oh, this is why Tachibana loves Kondo so much because this guy's an asshole, that sort of thing, right? And well, yes, there is an asshole-ish kind of character. He's not, like, straight-up evil. Like, he's not painted to be, like, this insidious guy who's going to, like... If this was ham-fisted and for melodramatic effect, he'd blackmail her into, like, not going with Mr. Kondo or anything like that, and it would be, like, this big dramatic thing. But no, there's none of that. He's just a dick, and that's about it, you know? He, He still stays in the story, but you don't feel that much towards him or even that much hatred after his scenes because, well, it's kind of treated like in real life, and I think that's a good way to go about it, like it does with many of the other aspects of the show like again like with the way it has to deal with certain things by going slowly it's good that they also deal with it realistically in a sense where like you know characters don't feel like they're very ham-fisted in your face about like what purpose they serve to the plot um as far as i'd like to say i normally don't usually go with this but i'm going to take a page out of your book joseph and mention that i do have a favorite character in this show and that in this show would have to be uh, mr kondo the manager of the garden cafe I find that despite him being much older than me a lot of his thoughts do sort of line up with mine he is this guy who you know he feels like the weight of time like time helps to build wisdom experience all those sorts of things you know it's good to to be around but at the same time as I've gotten older that is a disturbing gif that Zaldera just posted it's very off-putting thanks for that um (laughs) as you spend more time hanging around I know that scene from Monogatari Thanks for that. My, my review's getting derailed. I've almost lost my train of thought. So basically, no, uh, when you get older, it's easier to get more jaded with the passage of time too and feel like, you know, your ambitions are gone and, you you know, it's it's easier to feel that way, especially he was talking about how he feels more timid about things. You know, it's it just happens when you lose that confidence, you lose that sort of fire, that spark you had in your youth. and. He, it gets reignited in this show during the past you know during the actual like screen time he has in there, and I found the episodes where he's actually hanging out with his actual friend from i think high school or it might be college as well um to be quite like it felt very realistic and genuine the way that like, his friend is now a successful author and he wants to be too, but is sort of hurt by you know his passions in the past and feels like an an inability to move on but hopefully you know through meeting, meeting Tachibana he starts to actually. Mm-hmm go on the route of recovery. So I did find Mr. Kondo to be a more compelling character, but that's because he speaks out more to me. It's not like um, Tachibana herself wasn't a good character. She's a lot more simple. She's a very genuine, childish sort of romance love. But I do like how, you know, her story about trying to get back into sports helps to kind of, like, humanize her a bit more. It's not... The answer for her isn't, oh, I've lost my dreams in life, so my solution is to just find a man. It's not like that at all. By the end, she still also tries to have, you know, she still has dreams that she wants to achieve in her life, and I think that's also quite good to have there as an element. Although having said that, on that same subject, I did find the best friend character to be a bit fillerish. She wasn't terrible, but basically she has a friend from the track and field team, like I mentioned earlier on, that wants her to get back into sports. And this is used as sort of like another subplot where like because of her romance with her, or pursued romance with her workplace is our new distraction. Um, she's now drifting away from her track and field team and her best friend, and it's kind of like a thing, but it's like, it's got a lot of time spent on it, and you sort of understand the idea of it without it having to have multiple scenes of just the best friend. There's multiple side characters in this anime, by the way, but they don't, they don't nearly get as much screen time as this best friend does. I understand why she does. It's because the main character girl, Tachibana, unlike um, Mr. Kondo, who has a lot of inner monologue and is easy to understand, Uh, Tachibana is a very soft-spoken, but also a a woman of few words. She doesn't say very much. So, um, as a result, having this other character there to bounce off of, I suppose, is necessary in order to actually get her character and her feelings across. So, I understand it, but I feel like she takes a bit too much time. Uh, The animation is handled by Wit Studio, the same studio that brought such high octane and very popular shows such as Attack on Good Taste, Cabinere of the Iron Fortress, And The Ancient Magistice's Bride. It's a pretty good studio with high production values overall. Um, The the art direction in this is very appropriate for, again, the subject matter. They had to handle it seriously and had to, well, because if you think about it, the characters in this have an art style that's a little bit more, um, I guess, traditional. I I get this very almost like old-fashioned 90s anime feel from some of the character designs in this show with the small eyes, um, you know, the girls aren't as moe-tastic, not like they don't have, some of them have huge eyes, but I mean, like, they're, they've are they got less round features in terms of their face definition and shape. And again, this is in service, this helps to make the factor of the, you know, the whole age gap thing a little bit less creepy, given that it gives the girls a bit more of a mature look to them than the idea that, you know, 20, almost 20 years apart romance going on here. So I think the the art style also is benefiting the sort of story in that way, because, yeah, I have to sort of see them as adults in order for like this to kind of not feel like a complete, you know. Ugh. But yeah, uh another side note, and this is not important at all, really, but I feel like it's worth mentioning anyway, is that this anime has this weird obsession with feet. Um I I it, there's like a I had like a, a beer ready when I was watching this, and you basically just take mm-hmm. a drink every time you see feet on screen, like it zooms in on her feet. Um, I get partially the reason is because uh, her she gets a foot injury, which is why she isn't able to run, but like that's not all they zoom in on like a bunch of times the character the camera will just zoom in on her foot for some reason it it has a weird obsession with uh tachibanas in particular. she'll be lying down and it just zooms in and then suddenly the camera just shows it. I don't know what this all means for some reason I feel like there's there's some sort of like person in production that feels like it's very important that we keep zooming in there but I don't know it's just worth noting I don't really have any thoughts on that Um, perhaps director Makoto Shinkai would be very happy with it though Um, overall this is a slow mellow watch it's certainly not the most exciting even in terms of romance uh, that you're likely going to see in your lifetime but it fittingly is something that you can put on during a rainy day While you wait for the next sun, Um, there's a lot to kind of gleam from it. It was still a positive experience. It's not something like you'd feel like you'd have to watch multiple times, really, but at the same time, it's definitely not, it was definitely a worthwhile watch to me. So I give it a crackers. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it could have progressed a little bit more. It doesn't, like, have the most satisfying ending, but it, as as it, it was not a waste of time. It was fun enough, so um, it's not for everyone. Probably a bit, a bit too slow for most, but for me, it's a Crackers.
0: Crackers, too much foot fetish.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in, in, in so many words, yeah, perhaps. There's that too. Yeah, I think I covered everything I wanted to say about it.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, I I have been reading the uh, manga, and I mean, I did uh, mention a couple times something that you didn't see apparently in the anime. In the manga, he has a quarter-sized ball spot in the back of his head, which is typical for people who uh, stress out a lot or you know get into that age. Um, and she talks about how she likes that spot, like she has like a fascination with ever with seeing it, like she'll focus in on it, like whenever she sees it. like hyperfocus. <laughs> And it's like, I don't. Is that a fetish? Is ball spots
1: fetish? I mean, I guess it was, anything could there, be a fetish, there, but there is one for everything. There are weirder ones, so yeah, probably it is.
0: But uh, yeah,
1: yeah. You so, know, did I entice any interest from you or? I, that I mean,
0: I've been reading the manga, so. Ah. I'm already way ahead of the, uh, of the anime.
1: Ah, I see, I see, okay, cool, cool, right? I don't need to give you any convincing then, so yeah, if what I said sounds good, give it a go. Indeed, and,
0: uh, I believe that uh, wraps it up for another episode of Anime Pulse, and, uh, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong! なくなっちゃった